All right. Hey, friends. Thank you uh, for being here with us today to kind of do a cover-to-cover unpacking uh, The Intimate God. We are here with Pastor Alan Kraft, the author of The Intimate God, as well as KJ Tenza. He's a teaching pastor at Christ Community Church here. Hello, everybody. Thank you guys for being here. Yeah, it's good to to be here. How are you feeling about this, Alan? I'm good. Yeah? Yeah. Excited? I am. A lot of of work um, goes into writing something like this and and uh, once it's even written, then all the details of editing and copy editing and type, it's just so much um, work. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it feels really good to be in this place where people can actually have it in their hands and begin reading it. And um, so I'm, I'm excited. Good. I would love to start out with just kind of going back, I think, 18 months-ish ago. Like going back 18 months um, to where you were at at that moment and the time where all of this kind of started being birthed in your brain and everything. Like take us back there in the process of from here, there to now. Yeah. 18 months was probably the, maybe since I decided to kind of put it in a book form, I think the impetus or the catalyst for this was even before that. It was Mm -hmm. kind of during COVID, we were in isolation, you know, trying to figure out what ministry even looked like. It was that spring, kind of April, May. And I, at that point, I'd been talking to our, some of our um, staff about what would it look like for us to help our church um, grow in specific things that we value, you know, in terms of what it means to be a disciple. And one of those is that whole area of all things with Christ, this idea of intimacy with Jesus and inviting him into every part of our lives. And so as we were kind of in lockdown, I started to um, um, kind of write basically a class, kind of put together a class that I was going to present, you know, at the church and offer at the church um, that would give people practical ways to do that. And so it was kind of out of that place of COVID isolation and of desiring to help people um, access something that often feels ethereal. Mm. Um, and, and, uh, and so I just began to put together this material kind of based on my own journey, what I've discovered in some of these areas and realizing it's not going to be uh, an ideal fit for everyone. Everyone kind of has to adapt things, but starting with my own journey. And so that's kind of how it, how it happened out of that. And so then once we did the class a few times and really had um, uh, a great response to that, I that's when I started to think, you know, it'd be really fun to be able to take our whole church through this and maybe other churches could go through it as well. And so that's when this idea of what if I put this material in book form and what might that look like? So here we are. So here's something I've been thinking a bit just to um, add some outside context of it too, as I've observed our church and you and uh, just the journey since I've been here since 2003. So February 2003, I started here. And and the book that you just did isn't your first book. It's your mm-hmm. third book. Yeah. And um, so the first book you did was good news for those trying harder. And and it was like this idea of you don't have to try hard 
to swim in God's grace. Yep. And then, then you did a book that was more. more. It was more of the Spirit, mm-hmm. right? And 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 th- then your third book is the Intimate God. Mm-hmm. And so if you see the progression of your book books and the journey our church has been on from this journey of the understanding of the heart of God and the gospel, and then the desire for the Holy Spirit, and then these practices that I can can find him in and engage him in like the conversation and like he wants to be with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't seem isolated as a a contextualized thing that was born in the pandemic, but it was born in the journey of your soul that God has been taking you on. And it's pretty incredible. Wow. Thank you. Katie's always great for (laughs) giving me the big picture and just seeing the big picture. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and just seeing those connections, seriously, that's such a, I love how your brain works that way. Because it actually, it really is, it is like that. The gospel piece was so foundational. And then there was this hunger for the spirit and how can we as a church grow in our experience of the spirit. And in some ways, this is sort of the sequel to or the trilogy, whatever. It's it's kind of the next step in that. How do we live in this? Yeah. How do we, now that we know what the Spirit can do and what it means to be filled with the Spirit, how do we build into our lives practices that actually enable us to live in the Spirit and to experience the Father's love? Um, And so, yeah, there is a connection that I hadn't really thought about before, but I think you're absolutely right. I love that. You might have just answered this question, but maybe you could answer it a little bit differently. But like out of your, you know, three books, what excites you the most about this one and compared to the other two? Like what makes this unique and stand on its own? Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> probably the first chapter, the first week, it's it's the books laid out as a seven week journey. And I think what most excites me is people experiencing that first week, that first chapter, which is how does God feel about you? And um, if people could understand and live in this idea of God's delight in them, that becomes then the whole foundation to even want to hang out with Jesus. You know, we talk about all these spiritual practices and prayer and all that, but if someone doesn't really feel like God likes them that much or his character is such that he feels distant and um, kind of uh, emotionally disconnected, I think they're going to struggle to experience spiritual practices in a way that's meaningful, that's beyond just going through the motions. Okay, I'm checking off this. But when when people get that idea um, of God's delight in them and they begin to experience that, I think it opens the door for all the other practices that becomes the foundation, the motivation, the the stirring of desire for people to even want to hang out with God. All right. So I got, got to ask just for, for a clarifying question, because there's people out there probably asking, 
what is a spiritual practice? That's great. Like just bringing it home, define what a spiritual practice is. Yeah, a spiritual practice is um, an intentional activity that we engage in that enables us to kind of put our hearts in a place to experience God, to hear his voice, to have him um, pour into us encouragement. Um, and so the the thing about, and I use the, you know, people call them spiritual discipline. They use different, lang different language. I, I like this idea of spiritual practice because a practice is something you do. So it, there's something very intentional about it, but it's spiritual. And so it's not just going through the motions of something. There is a spiritual purpose behind it. There's a um, the the practice itself opens a door then for us to to experience um, God um, in real and tangible ways. Okay, so before going super far into everything else, um, could you hold in both hands the idea of spiritual practices and bringing us in intimacy with Jesus? And the, the first book, uh, Good News for Those Trying Harder, um, because I think someone could see that and be like, so are these spiritual practices something I'm doing that, that that's going to accomplish an end goal? And yeah, but how is it different? Yeah, I think it's really about relationship. Like my wife and I try to have, you know, a weekly check-in time mm -hmm. to kind of check in with each other's hearts. That's something we have to plan. We have to be intentional about. Someone would say, oh, that's so unromantic to schedule a weekly time to connect. And, and you know, you're going to ask each other, how's your heart doing? That feels so rote, but, but it's not, it, it becomes life-giving to our relationship. And if we didn't build it in, that conversation probably wouldn't happen. Mm. So I think that's, if, if as long as in our practice of spiritual disciplines or the, these spiritual practices, we keep in mind, it's really all about relationship. We're just trying to facilitate a, intentionally facilitate a deepening relationship with Jesus, then it's great. If these suddenly turn into... I got to be a good Christian, so I got to check off my box and do my scripture reading today. I got to, you know, with Sabbath or whatever, uh, like the Pharisees did. If we turn it into something that we're trying to get God to love us more because we're doing it, or we start looking down at other people because of it, then then they do go south and, and it becomes actually counterproductive to our relationship with Jesus. So I really think the heart of this is all about how do we walk with Jesus? And it's these intentional things that we can build into our lives that enable that to, to happen. And, and that's, that that's first... why the title of the book yes. is Intimacy, <laughs> because it's, it's God inviting us into his intimacy and us inviting him into ours. And there's, that's the goal. Yeah. And I agree with you, that first chapter really kind of sets the foundation, and it just gives complete permission to let the rest of the chapters just envelop us. And mm. there, I, I 
go back to something I heard you say, because the first time I read through the book, it was more for an editing purpose. So I was just reading, reading, didn't do the practices intentionally. And I heard you say, um, if you're not doing the practices, then you're not getting the fullness of what this book can offer. Right. And going back and doing the practices, it's a completely different experience. Yes. <laughs> completely different. And yeah, just I, yeah. so, so I just, I want to put that out there, whether you'll say it or not, but I just, I resonate with that so much because I personally experienced that. And there was such a difference in just reading the words and enjoying the chapters, but there's a difference when you actually sit down take that time, quiet yourself, and go through those different practices. Yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned that because I think in this kind of introductory um, session about the book, that's such an important thing because people might look at it, oh, this is 150 page, I could read this in two hours, you know, right. and, and or I'm just going to pick it up when I go to bed and just start reading through it. And I, I feel myself kind of wanting to just hold on, you know, you can do that, but it's really not designed as a book that you would just read in one sitting, it's really designed with the idea of a little bit of content and then practice that mm -hmm. and practice it over a week. Each week there will be three practices that people can engage in um, as you were describing. And those practices are designed to actually implement, to try the things that you learned in the content in the chapter. And so I do think um, what you've said is so critical to my heart as well, is that um, to just read about these things without actually trying to do them, I think people won't um, get the benefit in their relationship with God. And ultimately, I feel like the way the book is designed, each practice kind of builds on the other. And so and so what people will find as they're going through the book is that they're in week four and they're they're doing three of the practices um, three times a week and they're seeing how they kind of fit together. And, and uh, so by the time they're done with the journey, all five of these spiritual practices are things that they have now incorporated into their life, which makes it really easy to keep going because hopefully some momentum has been established. By the end of the book, having a stillness moment is intuitive. Like, yes. That's what it becomes. It's this moment of like, I know how to get there. Mm. Whereas if you're not doing that consecutively, it's harder to get there. So that's my two cents. Well, I think that. something that's cool <laughs> is, is how, how the book is composed. Um, is uh, and so if I'm if I'm engaging a book like a great adventure book, I'm picturing I'm in it. I'm picturing I'm doing it, mm -hmm. and then at some point you have to close the book, and and you find that it isn't you and it isn't your adventure and it isn't the story that I'm going to start crying. I don't know why, <laughs> um, it's, but it's not your story. And and yeah. how these chapters are built and how these practices are, it's. It is your story. It is something you're becoming. It's what you're doing. It's, it's mm. it, 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 the content inspires your heart to thirst for Jesus, and then says, "Here, this is for you." Yes. And and so it's it's your journey. It's your story. It's your invitation, and you get to do it. And there's something really beautiful and brilliant about that. That's cool. I think too, it's just a, to say on the front end that 
while I've shared in this book kind of my my approach to these practices, some people are going to be like, oh, this is so helpful. And they, you know, I, I'm going to try this and everything. Other people are like, don't tell me how to pray. Don't tell me. You know, there's a depending on the people's personality, the more specific you get on that, some people will really respond and others will feel like, you know, it's too rigid or whatever. And I, I think um, my heart in that, I think at one point in the book, I just talk about how if you're learning to cook, someone gives you a recipe the first time you follow that recipe to the letter. But then after you do it a few times, you're like, man, this needs more whatever, some cilantro, this needs more, you know, sugar. Exactly. <laughs> you, yeah, that's, that's exactly. That's what I would say. And, and they, um, and so th then they begin adapting the recipe to their own, you know, likes and all that. And I, I really feel like spiritual practices are kind of like that. And how I would love for people to approach this book is I'm going to try it the way Alan's describing because it's worked for him. Um, I'm going to try it, but realizing, Hey, if certain things, need to be adapted based on your schedule or the way you're wired or whatever, feel the freedom to do that. It's kind of a, it's a place to learn, kind of start as a foundation um, for those who are looking for that and then to um, adapt it and make it and make it your own. That's great. I, I think to kind of wrap up here, I would love, um, well, obviously if there's anything else that you, you know, want to say, but um, I would love to know, like, if there was one thing that you would want a person to take away from experiencing this, what would that one thing be? Um, yeah, I think I really want people to, to know experientially how much God loves them and to live in that reality, you know, more and more so that it becomes uh, a regular part of their lives. I think that's the, the huge passion of this book, mm -hmm. um, and reflected in the, you know, the subtitle, just, uh, a practical guide to experiencing the God who delights in you. That's what I would want is that at the end of this journey, people would be actually experiencing the Father, um, experiencing Jesus, experiencing the Holy Spirit um, in a way that is consistent and growing over time. I love that. Thank you guys for being here. That was fun. Yeah. yeah really fun. Hey, we are going to be continuing these conversations over the next few weeks as we journey through the intimate God. Um, and we invite you to go over to allencraft.com. You can find multiple things, the different resources um, that will kind of help guide uh, you through this book. Uh, the exercises will be there as well as the podcast. There's also some group discussion questions. Um, so we invite you to check that out and we will see you next time.